You're listening to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, episode 45. This week, we're revisiting the best songs of the entire 80s. Let's go back to a time where Elaine inflated Otto, Russell stole an RV, the Freelings had a ghost problem, Leah wore a bikini, Daniel kicked like a crane, Vernon locked Bender in the closet, Ferris sang Donka Shane, Lone Star found a Jewish princess, McLean jumped from Nakatomi Tower, and Eddie surprised Clark for Christmas. So grab your neon parachute pants, put on a pair of your kangaroos, aquanet your hair, hi, because it's time to join your host, Rob Heitman, and the original brony, wearing his rainbow bright t-shirt, it's Jacob Newkirk. Sorry to out you like that right there. No, this is a Punky Brewster shirt. <laughs> oh, like Punky Brewster's riding Rainbow Bright. So I just assumed you were a brody. I'm sorry. Uh, well, welcome to a very special episode of the Dirty Dozen Podcast, where we discuss the best 12 songs of the entire 80s while enjoying several drinks, which is going to be interesting to do. Hmm. I'm Rob. I'm Jake. Hey, I'd like to thank everyone who's been active in joining in on our conversations on Facebook page with a special shout out to Marie McLean, Michael Smith, Alex Hennon, Troy Smith, and Christina Jarneau. Thank you so much for being active. Now, looking back at all the episodes, every year, everything we did, what are you going to take away from the 80s, this whole journey? Probably the poor taste my friends have in 80s music. Me aside, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) No, it has been fun. Um, This whole concept of just tackling a decade and then year by year is really neat that we were able to kind of pull apart a year and like find the the best songs within that year. I think it's really just a fun idea. For me, it was refreshing Mm -hmm. because a lot of times you guys don't realize this in between podcasts. If we're doing a podcast on Kiss or something, pick a band, we will live Kiss for three weeks. Mm. We will not listen to anything but Kiss for three weeks. And it kind of eats our time up. This is kind of fun because we listen to the 80s. We can listen to a broad selection of music by a bunch of different bands. And there wasn't that sort of, I have to know the entire history of this band to the minutia level. Right. I enjoy the deep dives, but it was a nice break. It was, yeah. So the, the amount of prep for, like like you say, if we did a band, it's a lot. Like you got to sit there and just really dive into it. This is still some prep work, but it's not to that degree where you have to, like you said, know all the intricacies of who was in the band and what makes this album different than the others and all that stuff. It's just kind of you take the year, you trim the fat of what uh, doesn't belong and then take the best. Yeah, the best. you just talk about that one song. Yeah. Today, we're drinking three things. I tried to find, uh, well, not at once. We're taking our time. We're going to start with uh, the first one, which is Julian's Hard Cider. The one we're drinking is Cherry Bomb. Cherry Bomb. 80 sort of feel. And I know that that was a 70s song, I think. But it's also an 80s song because Joan Jett re-recorded it. So there you go. What can we get for $10? Oh, Miso Honey Blonde. Belching Beaver. It's a beer, so I, I thought we so hearty. I thought that was kind of funny. And the third beer we're going to be drinking is the Robinson's Trooper Premium British Beer created by Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. And so we'll have that one, and that one's a bigger one. Have you had any of these before? I think we had the Trooper at one point. I feel like I have. I just can't recall when. Oddly enough, the Trooper is the lowest ABV of all these, and then the cider's the the stronger one. Yeah, the high, it's like 7%. Yeah. 6.99997%. <laughs> Before we begin, we'll be critically reviewing specific songs from the 80s, and we'll share under 20 seconds of each tune, unless there is a specific issue or criticism that we may need to highlight, then we may do a second clip. We've made Apple Music and Spotify playlists, 
Just search Official Dirty Dozen on either service to listen to each of our lists in their entirety. This way, all the money for playing the tunes will always set back to each artist. We've also created a current episode Dirty Dozen podcast playlist, which will automatically update with each podcast to the current podcast. So subscribe once and always be updated. The way this is going to work today, I had every host, all seven of us, vote for our wow. favorite 12 songs that we've covered in the top half of every 80s podcast, which is a total of 112 possible songs that we could choose from, which is the top six from each person each year. Of that, 52 songs got votes Man. somewhere or another. Everybody didn't have every song. That didn't happen. I think the most anybody had was seven songs from their list on here. So it's kind of interesting. Hmm. We'll go through that later at the end. Then I put all the votes into an algorithm and came out with our official Dirty Dozen songs of the 80s. How was going through that process of getting it down yeah. to, to 12 from uh, the entire 80s? I know it's a bear every year. It was, yeah. Like, yeah, to take the entire decade. And even though it was uh, the top, what, six of each each year that you had to pick from, it still was the hardest, the hardest part. The waiting is the hardest part. That's mm, I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's just jump in with the official Dirty Dozen Song of Note. And the reason we have a Song of Note is because there was a tie at number 12. And I figured, eh, Song of Note. And I chose one to be 12 and one to be Song of Note. Oh, there's no algorithm to it? The deciding factor was what was ranked higher in the year that uh, it was on. Right. Okay. Cool. So let me uh, do that now. Let's listen. Oh, we're going to be listening. This is on episode 41 in 1983 in Jake's podcast. So let's take a listen. From a band called Yes. This one I knew right away was going to be high. I just didn't know where it would be. But it's a hit from a prog rock band that doesn't sound very progressive here in this one, at least. It's got hard rock sound with some of the cool synth support in there. But it's all about the bridge with the beat breakdown and the solo. So I went with Owner of a Lonely Heart. In doing a little bit of research, I learned that the guitar player wrote it on the toilet one morning. And then the band developed it later on. Was he going in number one or number two? Yeah. If you're (laughs) sitting down and you're a dude, you're probably number two in it. (laughs) (laughs) This is the group's only number one hit. Alan White recalled the recording of the drum part. He said, I started with a full drum kit. Then the producer said, take Alan's toms away. So I had a bass and a snare, a hi-hat and cymbals, and then they took the cymbals away. And I was playing along with the track, and then they took the hi-hat away. I'm like, wait a minute, guys. And then we layered all the stuff on top of it. So they, they played it once through with one, and then they kept taking things out. And he kept playing with less and less and less, but they played with everything and they recorded right. with everything. And then so was, just playing with himself, but yeah. with uh, less each less, time. Yeah. And that's what one of a lonely heart ends up. You end up playing with yourself as a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's from the album 90125. Was that my zip code? Yeah, I guess so. It's somebody's zip code. I'm, I'm sure that's where that's from. Beverly Hills. So let's listen to Owner of a Lonely Heart by Yes. Owner of a Lonely Heart. I love some of the fills in that. The keyboard stabs, which are always great. But yeah. then they had the, the bass come in and do a bass run. This song is full of those little, like, you got half a second and, like, put something in real quick. And it's, but you, you can barely feel, notice it. But you but can feel the progness yeah, of it. In those moments. Yeah, mm-hmm. because that's something that you would hear, you know, Rush do or yeah, a bunch of other bands. But not in straight do. rock songs, yeah. yeah. So it's, it was really cool. Yeah. I really dug it. 
All right. So that was uh, Owner of a Lonely Heart. It's kind of interesting, real quick. Who do you think, if you could guess, there were only two people who had that on their list? It wasn't even on mine. It was not on yours. <laughs> the hosts are me, Jake, of course, which you know was on your list or not. Ralph, Alan, Steve, Jason, and Jeff. I want to say Steve and Alan. Close. You're halfway right. It was Steve's number eight, and Alan did not have it on his list. Jeff had it on his list. Oh, good. At number three. Wow. Yeah. So he really likes that song. Three is kind of high, but hey, it's like what you like, right? Mm -hmm. It really get a good flavor of the different people who are on this podcast, and you can kind of get a flavor of who's kind of like me. Anyway, Owner of a Lonely Heart. I like that song. I always did. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty funny. Whenever I listen back, I'm like, oh, these guys should have a show. Yeah, we kind of do. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just keep jumping down the road to number 12. This is another Jake podcast. This is episode 35 from 1989. This is the first podcast from the 80s. So let's take a listen. To me, it's not only the top song of 1989. It should be the top of tons of lists. And it's Firewoman by The Cult. It's nice. such a great rocker. It's timeless. To me, when this song, it's like, it's probably one of my like top favorite songs ever. I remember seeing this on, I think, Headbangers Bowl. I used to tape it on VHS. Mm-hmm. Same. I come back and watch it and it's like, yeah, this is good. I love the arpeggiated intro, which automatically identifies the song. And then the main hook comes in with like a heavier screaming guitar and the chorus, fire. You know, I'm not going to sing it, fire. <laughs> Smoke, she's a rise, and it's just so catchy and so good. I just, I'd kill it. So I love the down verse after the solo. It feels sort of a plant sort of vibe, but with a Morrison-esque sort of delivery. Well, yeah, Ian Ian always had that sort of Morrison. He was kind of channeling a bit of that spirit, right? Yep. And letting the vocals just kick while the instruments took a break. Yeah, I I love the song. It has all the parts you need. When it hits, you just want to shake your fist in the air and headbang. All right, so let's listen to Firewoman <laughs> off of Sonic Temple. Let's go. great song it's always interesting with the cult uh, during that time period in the late 80s mm-hmm. you had men and bands pretty much objectifying women and most of the songs even though they were about women they weren't necessarily about using and throwing away women or discarding them or treating them like they're talking about a firewoman I'm, i don't think it meant to talk about anybody specifically no, it but it's just a woman with fire at that point. yeah it was yeah it was adoration. more of lifting them up as opposed to there's a strong woman or whatever. No, that's true, yeah. As opposed to, come over to my bed and I'm going to put another notch here. Yeah. So it's quite different. Speaking of, of drummers too, John Tempesta is, is their current drummer. And he was in White Zombie and uh, mm-hmm. Testament. Uh, he did an album there, so. Yeah, it's amazing how many of those, those players end up moving around a lot of these bands. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway, that was uh, Firewoman. 
It made the list. Only number 12? Only number 12. I'm sorry, uh, brother. And as you can tell, uh, Jake, can you guess two people had that on this list? Uh, yeah. Obviously, uh, that was that was Jake's. My number three. Yeah, I know. That's uh, when I think of the 80s, that, one, that, that tape alone was uh, big for me. I know. And it was interesting in that episode. I had to cut that up a little bit. That wasn't verbatim from the episode because I wanted to keep you. It was your number one. It was my number like 11, mm. <laughs> which is a surprise. I didn't have it on the list either um, <laughs> for this, for my top 12, uh, which is mm. really hard. It's It was probably my top 20, actually, but it really was. It was so hard. It's so hard to really Such a good iron song. it down. It's a very good song. Who was the other person who put Firewoman mm. by the cult? I'm going to say Jeff also because he... He's always talking about wanting to put more uh, rock in these episodes. Uh, nope. Hmm. Any other choice? More chance. I'm going to say Alan then. Alan was, yeah. yeah. It was Alan's number eight. Okay. So. Eight. Still a little low, but well, that was I'll the only it. That was the only two people who had it out of everybody. Yeah. And the next one is actually quite a surprise to me. <laughs> I'm like, and it's actually somebody's number one, the next one coming up. So let's take a listen <laughs> to number 11. So uh, this one just shocked me, but... It's a good song, but it shocked me that it made the list. This is Ralph McKinley, and my favorite song from the 1980s is Mean Street by Van Halen. Okay, Ralph, we're down to one X marks the spot. Number one pick yep. for Ralph. Yep. It's an album we've talked about, Rob. You can kind of tell from my somber uh, voice here. Okay. Uh, fair warning. Wow. So now, and look at two songs on here. We're battling, just like moving pictures. There's two songs on Fair Warning. There's a lot of songs. On there, Fair there are. What do, you, what, do you, what do you think I went? Mean Street is where I think you went. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's the first song on the yeah, album. Because it's the first song on the album. <laughs> I had no idea about this first song until you mentioned that about a, an hour ago. But yes, the first song on the album, the opening lick of Eddie just doing his thing on the guitar, where his tapping technique, unbelievable. I, I, I'm putting this top three Van Halen songs obviously my number one song for 81 but within Van Halen's family top three interestingly enough this song had another working title as they were uh, putting it together called Voodoo Queen had completely different lyrics and then the lyrics changed obviously and then Eddie tweaked his guitar work and they came down with Mean Street David Lee Roth is at his best on this song. And then, you know what I've learned to love more and more on top of Eddie's guitar work is the background vocals for Van Halen are awesome. There's, I don't know who's doing them. Is it the bass player, Michael Anthony? and, and, and Michael Anthony. Yeah, I mean, background vocals here are great. And then obviously about three quarters of the way through this song, you know, they kind of bring all the instruments down. Dave has his little fun telling a story, kind of walking through it. And then the guitar just kicks in again. And and towards the end of this song, the last uh, 90 seconds, I mean, Eddie's just tearing it up again. Eddie is like, how do you do that? That sort of thing. It's just, it's crazy. He was inspired actually a lot on the intro by slap funk bass. It was kind of neat how he came up with that. And he, he just takes inspiration. He was that sort of guy. So... Let's listen to Mean Street off of one of the best Van Halen albums, period. Yeah, I agree. Fair warning. Ralph's number one, surprisingly. 
just so you guys know, uh, I'm going to go and uh, keep that little intro part. I'm going to throw that in because it just reminds me of Eddie and what a kind of virtuoso he was. And then we'll play a second clip. I normally don't do two clips, but I think this one needs to. <laughs> Let's just go and listen to the chorus of, of the song, too, so you can kind of hear that. That was episode 43 with Ralph in 1981, by the way. What do you think about Mean Street? That's was- a good pick. No, I, I like that one too, and and good call on the uh, the backing vocals with yeah. Michael Anthony. He's, he's great. Yeah, and the Davisms. I love when whenever he breaks a song Whenever, down and yeah, just yeah. something comes out of his mouth. It's just that's gold. It really what it's what makes David Lee Roth. Yeah, Van Halen era. Yep. So great because you just can't get that with anybody else because mm. David may not be the best singer out there, and but I think I've said this a million times. Man. But yeah. the front man, yeah. and he just kills it and. He's amazing. Okay, who was the other person? You know who was number one. It was Ralph's number mm-hmm. one. There was one other person who had this on their list. Who was that? I'm going to say you. No, that is not my pick yeah. for, for the best song on Fair Warning. Definitely not the number three song by Van Halen. But there was somebody else who really put that in their top 12. So I may be wrong on this. So Then I'm going to say... Uh, and that's the first time you ever hear me say that. got to be Jeff or Alan. It's Alan, yeah. Okay. It was Alan's number 11. But okay. but a one has so much power, you know. If mm-hmm. you put it on one number one, he yeah, would, that, he, it's heavy weighted to say um, it's a number one. Unless the way I had it rate, if nobody else had it, it probably wouldn't have made it. Yeah. But if if somebody else because has it, it was on there, yeah. yeah. Then then you're good. Huh. So yeah, it was an interesting one. I was really shocked. Of, I am too, actually. That, of the Van Halen songs of every Van Halen song from the '80s. That Mean Street is the one that makes it. Wow. Yeah, I know. You know what I'm saying? So Thinking in terms of that, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Right. I mean, you think like Jump or Panama or Hot for Teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe that's the problem, right? When you have the choice, all of those songs are on there. Yeah. So it kind of dilutes it to some degree. Like somebody says, my favorite's Hot for Teacher. My favorite's Jump. My favorite's, you know, Panama or whatever. And it'll be like, oh, and then my favorites, two people say Mean Street and voila. <laughs> jumps up there. Yeah. Yeah. Something's uh, wrong with this algorithm. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. I mean, uh, no, I, yeah, it really um, does show that. Unless uh, I pick like 20 songs and we all had to pick from 20, then, it yeah, would, then everybody uh-huh. would be on everybody's list. But, well, it's interesting. Yeah. So, all good. Now we're going to jump to number 10. This is on Alan's podcast in 1982. Nobody had this as their number one, by the way. This is episode 42. My number two is Beat It, number one on Billboard for three weeks, won two Grammys, two American Music Awards, and as of 2018, digital sales stand at four million. The song features guitarist Eddie Van Halen, who does the solo, and Steve Lukather of Toto, who came up with the signature guitar riff for the song during the recording session. Steve Picaro played synth on this, and Jeff Picaro also played drums, so it's pretty much right. most of Toto is on this album. Right. And the guitar riff constantly repeats but it doesn't wear itself out. It defines the song, it drives the song, and then it sticks in your head for days afterwards. The syncopated rhythm of the verses 
strikes me as kind of a James Brown meets Quincy Jones thing. Really nice. The strings set the mood, but there's no more there instrumentally than what's absolutely necessary. Eddie's guitar solo kicks ass. The song has a great dance groove to it, and so it's a win in all areas. And Weird Al did a version of it, too. That's, so that's what I'm getting to. In this new MTV age in 1982, one of the ways you knew your song was a major hit is when Weird Al Yankovic does a parody video of it. And this one is titled Eat It. Yeah. Check it out on YouTube. It's hilarious. At least as entertaining as a song video, I think. Yeah, it's done in the same exact style, in the it, same right, jackets, right, and the same, right. the same sets, pretty much. It's amazing. You know how much Eddie got paid for this, right? He did it for free. He did it for free. That's right. Eddie said, said I figured, who's going to know if I play on this kid's record? <laughs> I didn't want anything. This kid. Maybe Michael can give me dance lessons someday. That's what he said. The interesting thing is when Eddie came in to play, the engineer who worked this whole album wouldn't record Eddie's solo, fearing his ears would be damaged. So he hired somebody else because Eddie cranks the, the amps up really loud. And he's yeah. like, I make my living with my ears. I can't be here. So they hired somebody else to record the solo, and the original engineer actually mixed it after they recorded it. But the interesting thing is, a fire broke out in the control room as Eddie Van Halen played his guitar solo. Eddie was playing, and the monitor speakers literally caught on fire. <laughs> and the speaker cabinet caught on fire. I thought that was an interesting story. At about 2.45 into the song, there's an audible knocking noise just before Eddie starts his guitar solo. Rumors were that an angry and drunk Eddie made the noise, uh, that he was telling his assistant producer to F off, or that it was the sound of a guitar tremolo being bent. But the truth is just Michael Jackson was banging on a drum case. Yeah, <laughs> and you, you hear that all through the song. Yeah, and if you look on the credits, Michael Jackson is listed on Beat It as drum case beater. <laughs> <laughs> Well, your your story about Eddie and this thing catching on fire reminds me of a real quick. I I, uh, I played in a band that rehearsed in a building where the dentist office was on the other side of the wall from my bass amp, and we came in one uh, Monday to rehearse and found out that um, the previous day we rehearsed his his diplomas and certificates had rattled off, the, off wall. the wall and fallen on the floor and broken because of the vibration of my bass amp on the other side of the wall. Alan was playing with thunder. <laughs> we almost got kicked out of there because of that. Oh my goodness. Well you you had it turned up to you had it turned up to eleven. Oh, yeah, these things go to eleven, yes. <laughs> no, great tune. It's all good. So let's listen to Michael Jackson and his uh song that he wrote it's supposed to be about gangs, but it was a really uh, a request for Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> woohoo! That's why he goes woohoo! <laughs> Alright, let's listen okay. to Beat It by Michael Jackson. Let's go. Don't wanna see no blood, don't be a macho man. You wanna be tough, better do what you can't, so beat it. I had a chance to see Michael Jackson later on. I think it was during the Bad Tour. Oh, you saw him in concert? Yes. Oh, that must have been amazing. It must have been like a big like theater performance. It was. I, I've never seen anyone perform like that. He's on a totally different level than anyone else I've ever seen. Where'd you see him? 
in uh, LA? at the sports arena in LA. I think it was 1989. Oh, wow. So my girlfriend at the time dragged me and I'm glad she did because I've never seen a show like that before. Just incredible. The physical things that he's capable of are just amazing. He, he pulled out things that made the moonwalk look like, look easy. Oh yeah. He's a fantastic dancer. He's just, it's just, you know, you don't know how he's doing that. It seems like he's sure violating he, the laws of nature. Or and something. I'm sure he had choreography and oh, with yeah. all dancers oh, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was one of those good ones. I was yeah. like, we, we were rolling just listen to that because half the time we don't really re-listen to the podcast ourselves. Yeah, I haven't listened to any of these to come back. I, I intend to, but I haven't yeah. yet. So I think it's better that I haven't because I'm uh, I'm busting up right now listening. <laughs> and it's so funny how some of that just comes. It's like I'm not prepping that. I'm not prepping the no. Macaulay Culkin add on, but it just kind of happens. What two people had beat it <clears> in <throat> their top 10, really? I get that it's an important song. For me, it wasn't on there. Uh, I would say Steve. Yep, it was Steve's number two. And there's another one besides Alan? No, Alan didn't have it, actually. Oh, geez. Ralph? <laughs> no, Jeff. Okay, yeah, number nine. I almost said Jeff. Number nine. I kept saying Jeff, and I was wrong. So I'm trying to throw some <laughs> throw some moles out there. I don't know. I just I was just like I'm throwing stuff against the wall, See what and sticks. it's splattering and it's sticking <laughs> and some sticking. And sometimes you throw Jeff at the wall for so long, and then it just it doesn't stick. It doesn't so stick. you got to switch. You got to switch. <laughs> and sometimes when you switch, it's when Jeff actually shows up. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Love you, Jeff. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to jump to number nine. This is in two people's top five, by the way. Not mm. a number one song by either, but it's in their top five. And this one coming up is 1981, episode 43 with Ralph. So it should be pretty interesting. So let's take a listen. Number two, Rob. 1981 was a beautiful year. It was. My first concert went with Alan Mesa. God bless his mom and dad. Drove us down to Long Beach Arena to go see a band called Rush. There we go. I knew it had to be. Probably Rush's biggest hit. I went with Tom Sawyer. Oh, you went with Tom Sawyer? Okay, yeah. good. Look it. Red Barchetta and Tom Sawyer, I struggled with, but I went with Tom Sawyer. Good. This is where I fell in love with music. Going to see Rush when I was 16 with me and my buddy hanging out and seeing live music and, and the blessing for it to be Rush, my first concert is amazing. Neil Peart, Alex Lifeson, and Getty Lee are at their best on this album. And the the musicianship of these three guys. And just to watch Getty Lee live playing synthesizer with his feet, bass That's and crazy. singing. It, it's 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 beyond crazy. I'm like, wait a minute, what's this this guy? Is just nuts. But if you yeah. want to understand how good Neil Peart yeah, was, yeah, unbelievable. Take drummer. a listen, unbelievable. To just focus when you listen. Next time you listen to this track, this uh, Tom this, Sawyer. Tom Sawyer. Okay. Take your focus off of everything else. Yeah. Take your focus off Getty Lee playing with his feet. Take your, you know, life's and take your focus just on Peart. Yeah. And oh my gosh, is his playing is so masterful, and. Oh, and Getty Lee hated this track when he first recorded it, by the way. Really? Yeah, he, he thought it was the worst song on the album at the time. <laughs> and it's funny. He says, when we wrote it, we had no idea this would touch a nerve in the way it did. It's Now it's the quintessential Rush yeah, song. Exactly. And we talked about uh, Tom Sawyer a lot in episode 28. And the funniest thing, and I was going to not even do it, but I figure, what the heck? 
when they played this song live later on, yeah, they got a cartoon show. Tom and Jerry? No. Okay, sorry. It's South Park. Oh. And South Park did an intro to the song okay. before they would start playing it in concert. And I want to play that for you. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I don't want to ruin that again. I mean, I want people to watch the the uh, the podcast, but the podcast has so much more than that. If you like that sort of wackiness and in-depth view of Rush, I did it with Alan Campbell, and Alan is a bass player, so you know he loves the heck out of Rush. You have to have a song off of that album. I could. I could, okay. I could. I haven't said it's not that let's song. Let's go. So let's listen to... Something off of moving pictures by this little band out of Canada called Rush. <laughs> uh, Tom Sawyer, let's go. Such a good song. I never want to stop listening to yeah. it. What do, you, what do you think, Tom Sawyer? Like it? Yeah, I do. It's obviously. Who doesn't love that song? For me, I, the funniest part, I just love the South Park yeah, doing that intro. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's great. <laughs> I floated down a river. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was so good. That's the wrong place. And, like a very fit, you idiot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kitty Lee. I do what I want. <laughs> Oh, South Park. But, and as a drummer, obviously, yeah, this song in particular always has, has stood out. And I've isolated that the drums and studied that you know, a million times. So, uh, yeah, it's it's brilliant. It's yeah. hard. It's, totally. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. OK, now let's play the game. There were two people who had this in their top five. Who were the two? Uh, let's throw Jeff at the wall. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, you? Nope. No, I should have said um, Alan, actually. He's for sure has it. Nope. Oh, my God. Oh, for three. I'm quitting then. Well, Ralph, who you just heard oh, yeah, talk about a, it, right? Oh, that, that, was kind a of a, that was kind of a given. It was his number four. And the number five for our favorite keyboard player. Oh, yeah, Jason Jason's Wayne. in this. <laughs> yeah. yeah so the other one. So okay, Tom Sawyer, sense. that pushed it up. It's a great song. And all these songs are going to be really, really good. My next song, or our next song, the algorithm's next one they spit out. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't believe that's the song. Anyway, this one is <laughs> off of Jake's uh, 1987 podcast. This is when Jake was sick. And uh, we did uh, the Zooming from the podcast yeah. before. And uh, yeah, it was not necessarily the, the best 
audio quality, but it was really, it was still good from, for what, good we, what you can do remotely. And mm-hmm. I was really happy we were able to continue. And I, I think yeah. we were all blessed by that. Really great song coming up. So there were two people who had this in their top five again. So let's take a listen to number eight. So what's your number two? Number two, it's a band you already mentioned, Joshua Tree's U2, but I went with Where the Streets Have No Name. And it was another album that's hard to pick that just one song. Sure. But I did settle on this one. And I think sometimes these opening songs are the best representation kind of of the album itself. Um, But just it's such a good song. It starts with that that synth, you know, at the beginning and then that delay that we're talking about, that effect on the guitar. And the song kind of builds and builds and then it just sweeps in and, and takes off. So it's just always been one of my my favorites of theirs. And the video also is pretty cool with them playing on that the roof in L.A. And they got shut down. It was a whole big, big ordeal. So I just thought it was a really important song for all those reasons. Yeah, it reminded me of the Beatles when they used when they played on top yeah. of the uh, rooftop in London. Very good. And it's very L.A. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Where the Streets Have No Name. Fantastic song. Obviously, didn't make my list because I went to, for the other song for mm-hmm. the album. Because we're limited to one per album. So, Where the Streets Have No Name, Jake's number two. Let's listen. And I said that was great because the build, the build, the build. That was good. That was good. Did you see my eyes open? (laughs) I done got Rick rolled. Hey, that was a uh, that was fun. I, I, <laughs> the Rick Rolling was pretty funny. Yeah, like I said, I remember getting Rick Rolled. I just don't remember when that happened. But and it was funny because you had that song in the beginning of your. I was not planning on Rick Rolling you at all, <laughs> but you actually had that song on the top twelve. You get two for now, and, and so like, I was like, I have to get them sometime. And then I was like, What's the best? What's the best? And I was like, There it is. There it is. And it was just that oh, build yeah. for Streets Have No Name. I was like, That's it. All right, so let's play the game, Jake. Uh, we got two people, one rank at number four and one rank at number five. Well, it wasn't in mine at all. Right, so um, surprisingly. This is getting harder. I want to say Steve. Number four. Okay. And uh, Ralph. No. You. No. Alan. No. <laughs> Jason. No. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you decide See? to not throw it against the wall, it comes back to Jeff's oh, number five. Man. There you go. So that's good. I guess it's, yeah, it should be in there, I guess. <laughs> well, you, you two is huge in the 80s. I mean, especially if you're living through it. The next one, uh, once again, two people had it. Jason's podcast, episode number 40 from 1984, which is a really good year for music, by the way. He came up with number seven, and it was nobody's number one. So let's take a listen. 
All right, my number three, it comes from a German band. 18th greatest hard rock song, fourth best guitar riff of the 1980s. And it reached 25 in the Hot 100. That it did. <laughs> that it did. <laughs> Top of all that. Rudolf Schenker said that American music typically comes from the blues, but German music often comes from classical music. That's kind of how they grew up. So you can hear some of those distinctions in this piece of music, which is, of course, Rock You Like a Hurricane by the Scorpions off of Love at First Sting. It's on my list as well. As it is. Yes. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, it's the perfect rock anthem. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, the sexuality, all that stuff. Shanker says, he goes, it's so funny that women come up to me and say, oh, I love that Rock You Like the Hurricane song. That has lyrics like, the bitch is hungry, she needs to tell, so give her inches and feed her well. <laughs> yeah. He's like, and then these women are coming up and saying, I love that song, it's amazing. Um, big chords and lead work over the top, big chords once again. Mm -hmm. Love the muted guitar in the verse. It's so good. The build into the sing-along chorus. Solo is great into the vocal and drums only, which I always love when they drop stuff out yep. and they just have have it go. And you can really hear the effect of drums. If you listen to the drums that they're playing, you see, you hear the effects that they're putting on it in that section, especially hmm. when it's just the drums and the vocals. You totally hear it. I've watched so much music stuff for these podcasts. And I don't remember where I heard it, but I thought it was really poignant. He said... Only a German can come up with rock you like a hurricane. <laughs> Shaker says, we always used to think that English and American music was exotic. And then we came to the U.S. and we were the exotic right. ones. <laughs> Who are these crazy Germans? <laughs> if the Scorpions could have put out an album called Smell the Glove, <laughs> they would have. <laughs> Love it. Rock you like a hurricane is a fantastic tune. And this is your... This is my number three. Three. Okay, that's good. Yep. All right. So let's listen to Rock Do Like a Hurricane by Their Scorpions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was, I, I really love that song. <laughs> that is a really good song. Yeah. yeah. And the palm muting, like we were talking about. It's so good. Oh my gosh. And it was, I still remember that. I was like, when I read that, he's like, oh, all these women coming up loving it. And I was like, you know what these words say? <laughs> uh, it's not women's lib. That's for sure. <laughs> Oh, that was my smell of glove. I kind of thought of it. Just kind of, because that's the type of thing that they oh, took inspiration man. from, I guess. Yeah, I kind of regret not having the that. The Animal in my, Magnetism my album, by the way, was the template for Smell the Glove. Mm -hmm. Because it's like the, the woman kneeling in front of the officer with the dog. She's right at waist level. You know, sure. Alluding, yeah. Alluding to what? I don't understand alluding. I, it was about? over my head. I don't know. <laughs> it was over her head, too. <laughs> but kind, but of, kind of at the same level of his. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Uh, uh, all right, now let's play the game. Who had that on their list? Two people had that on their list. I'm going to say, obviously, Jason. Jason, and, and it's funny, he, he mentioned on that podcast it was his number three, yeah. and it was his number three of the entire 80s. Oh, okay. He's consistent. Yeah. I've always that said one, that about least. him. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say you, actually, on there, too. Nope. No? Then Ralph. No. Oh, Alan, for sure. No. Uh, it's Jeff. Yes. Dang it. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Uh, but he goes just first. There's no chance he has it. But Jeff is actually doing pretty well here so far. He's got <laughs> one, two, three, four so far. We should make this a drinking game. Like every time he gets it wrong, you got to take, yeah, yeah, take a drink. Well, it's I'm kind of playing it like one, and I'm, I'm surprised you aren't. <laughs> Anyhow, wow. So let's <clears throat> jump back to 1981 on Ralph's podcast again, and this one is a great tune, and this is the only double of the entire podcast. What do you mean? This band made the list twice. Oh. With different people, obviously. As I said, there's some bands that have multiple songs we could choose from, so it's kind of hard, but maybe like three people picked one, three people picked the other, or whatever it is. So let's take a listen to number six. And this is actually somebody's number one, so let's hear from that someone. This is Alan Campbell, and my number one song of the 1980s is Red Barchetta by Rush. And it's my favorite song by Rush. If you listen to the Rush podcast, it was my number one song then. Yeah. It's my number one song now. Yep. It's always been a favorite for me. The harmonics in the beginning. I love the lyric. Red Barchetta. Yep. It should be Barchetta is the correct pronunciation, okay. but Barchetta is how uh, Getty pronounces it. The whole story about where people can't drive fuel cars. Imagine a day like that mm. when we're going to have some sort of electric cars that just drive us where we want to go. Come on. It's stop, crazy. Stop. It's what are you, crazy. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> You never, it's so funny, you couldn't imagine this back when moving pictures were recorded, but it's so funny how life is changing. The sound of the big guitar as it picks up and you feel the pulse of the character as he's getting excited through the prospect of driving, kind of the starting engine sound, and so good, all of them play just phenomenally on this song. Uh, Alex Lifeson said it was intentionally, lyrically like a movie for me. I love the dynamics of it, the way it opens, the harmonics, the mood it creates, and then it gets into the driving right up to the middle section where it's screaming along, where you feel like you're in an open car, and then it ends as it began with that quiet dynamic and letting you down lightly. It's one of the most iconic songs. I think it's the best song that Rush has ever done, the best song clearly on Moving Pictures, one of the best albums of all time by any artist. All right, let's listen to Red Barchetta by Rush. The best song of 1981. So good. It kind of makes me hope, and I know that this probably isn't the way it works, but that Neil Peart mm-hmm. and Eddie Van Halen are somehow jamming mm. in heaven right now. Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> uh, Red Barchetta, great tune. What's your thoughts on Red Barchetta? I, I'm a Rush fan, but not fanatic. And that song, I'm familiar with it. Uh, it didn't stand out to me as much as it does to you guys, but that's interesting to think, like, to look at how songs uh, impact people and how important they are. Yeah, no, it's a great tune. Any thoughts on, well, we know Alan had it as number one, and one other person had that on the list. It's going to be you or Ralph. I'm going to say you. Mm-mm. Ralph. Mm-mm. <laughs> uh, Jeff. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff, pulling through for me. Jeff is, like, killing it right now. 
He's got five. So really? Far. Jeff picked that one, huh? Yeah. This song, it's interesting to me. This one was the hardest one for me to keep off the list. Huh. It was, I love the song a lot, but the 80s, I love a lot of songs. This is probably my number 13 song. If I had a song of note or something I could throw in there, okay, that, that, that would be Red Barchetta. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to move to number five where three people pick the next song. Oh, good. This is goes to 1987, the 37th podcast episode. And Jake was the host on this one. Okay. So the next one is number five. We're moving right along here. Here we go. My number four is, well, it was one of those rock songs that girls loved as well. And it's very memorable. It's by a band called Def Leppard, which we talked about in episode six of our podcast, by the way. The album is Hysteria. And my number four song is Pour Some Sugar On Me. It was just huge. And it really saved Hysteria, the album. What I mean by that is Hysteria was the most expensive album at that time ever made. In fact, they had to sell 5 million copies of the album for them just to break even. But they had only sold one or two by the time they left the U.S. and went over to, to Europe. And the next thing you know, the strippers were playing this song back in the good old U.S. of A. Right. And then the radio stations heard it from the guys that went and saw the show, and then it just started blowing up. And the album ended up selling 20 million copies, blowing way past the 5 million they needed to break even. They took two years to make Hysteria, and this song was the last song they added to the album. This song, Joe Elliott, was sitting on the couch trying to figure, play something real quick. After the entire album was done, Two years of making an album through multiple producers, through a drummer losing an arm, through a bunch of craziness. And it's finally done in the can. And he starts, he's just strumming something. And Mutt Lang went over and he's like, what is that? He's like, oh my God, we have to record that. Let's record that now. The guys came back. The guys were out for lunch when he was just playing it. And they came back. He said, oh, you know, they're ready to pack up and leave. Right. He's like. No, we have to record this one more song. Yeah. And they're like, what? What are you kidding me? No. And then they, he played it for him, and they're like, oh my gosh, that's great. Let's do it. And they banged the whole song out in two days after the rest of the album took two years. Yeah, right. <laughs> they put it out, and that's their big one. Oh, one more thing. They actually asked Elliot in an interview if he actually poured sugar on anybody. And he goes, this is the quote. I think we once had a competition backstage to actually pour a pound of sugar over some poor girl's head who had been saturated in hottish water. And she seemed to enjoy it from what I can remember. So that's <laughs> what I actually did. Yeah, I remember I always loved the tone of Phil Collins' guitar. Not Phil Collins, the drummer from Genesis. Yeah, Genesis. But Phil Collins, the guitarist yeah. for Def Leppard. <laughs> when you talk about his guitar, you're saying Phil Collins' guitar. Anyway... It was amazing. The big chords in the chorus, so good. The layering and production, Mastery of Mutt Lang is on display, even in the two days he did it. And it was just such a big song. And I remember the girls just really loved this song. And it truly got them listening to hard rock. It's amazing how they pulled that off. Yeah, there is that band that kind of had a little bit of everything for everyone. Didn't make my list, but I'm glad it made yours. Okay, here's my number four. Pour some sugar on me. Def Leppard. All right. 
I can't imagine why that was big in the strip clubs. <laughs> you can't have any vision of pour some sugar on me and a stripper in the same just goes together. Brain thing. It doesn't doesn't seem to work. I, just, I don't understand. <laughs> the, yeah, this makes sense to be in the the top twelve. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that. you know, Def Leppard had to hit it somewhere. Uh, mm. uh, for me, I was kind of hoping it would have been Pyromania, but yeah, maybe not. Yeah, and I think I avoided them again because we have highlighted them before. So I, I just felt like uh, I couldn't find space for it, but it should probably be there. No, I hear you. So playing the game, what three people? Three. You All have right, two three. guesses. I am. We are the knights who say Nick. Um, I will give you two Nick. guesses to get two of the three people who are on the list. I'm going to say you and Jeff. Wrong and wrong. <laughs> I thought for I, sure, Jeff. I, I kind of hinted to you. I said I wish it was Pyromania on this list. I even complained yeah, but- about the song. <laughs> Why would I not put Photograph on this list? I would have Photograph would have been my song. Uh, that would but been, not even Jeff. I thought he was. Uh, well, he probably picked other Def Leppard. Actually, he could have. Yes, I'm gonna say Jason, Steve, oh, yeah, and Alan. Oh, okay. And there was a match <clears throat> on this one on the actual number. Alan and Jason both had this as their number nine, and Steve hmm. had this as his number three. Whoa! So that's what kind of pushed it up the three. It's because all those strip clubs he goes to. I don't know. <laughs> I I plead the fifth. I have no order. Hey, I'm, I'm doing great at this game. <laughs> we, we're doing it. We're all doing equally poorly. That's, that's right. It's like I'm looking at mine. It's wow. like nada. I've got nothing so far. What is wrong with our friends? Jake, you have one. <laughs> you have the cult fire woman. I have nothing oh, so far. Man. I'm at number five with nothing. Hmm. <laughs> Anyway, let's move on to number four. And this is on Jake's podcast as well from 87. And this is somebody's number one. But it's mine. Huh? I think it's Jake's number one. Let's listen. I'm bummed. This should be everyone's number one. <laughs> All right. It's number four, though. So that's pretty close. Right. Here we go. Good What's thing. your number one? <laughs> My number one was uh, an NXS song, obviously, because it's, like I said, it's love laugh, right? dumb so much. And I. I struggle with the song to pick, but I went with the obvious just because I feel like you have to. It's their signature song. It's just the best song to come out of 1987, and it's Needy Second Tonight. Second best. <laughs> it's, uh, Second best. Need You Tonight. <laughs> Number one. Take a vote. <laughs> do i have to, to play, play mediate too is that is that what you want me to do uh no you don't have to you can't you can't play mediate without need you tonight but you can play need you tonight without without mediate, without mediate. that's okay. the rules yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> no fantastic song need you tonight in excess one of my favorite bands just yeah. like yours and once again episode three if you want to listen we're you know feeding your appetite for in excess like oh my gosh i haven't listened to them forever <laughs> go to episode three of our podcast and you'll love it all right so need you tonight jakes this is your number one mm-hmm. here you go everybody does yeah, so okay, yeah. so slide over here and give me a moment you make us all so well i've got to let you know i've got to let you know no, good stuff. Yeah. You're one of my kind. <laughs> you're one of my kind. I always think it's you're my kind. This is the way I always learned that. And it's like, you're oh. one of my kind. Misheard it, lyrics. Yeah, misheard lyrics. It's just because he says it so quickly. Yeah. 
It's that Australian accent. Maybe. Yes. He was, he was saying <laughs> razor blades. What could I say? <laughs> so many episodes we can fit that in, dude. <laughs> Too many. Everyone. 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 <laughs> that's going to be the, the the Easter egg in every that's gonna episode. That's going to be your, the sign off. No, it's a kid number four. Man, right. well, like I said, that was my number one then, and it was my number one this time. So yeah. obviously, I, uh, I have high regard for NXS and what I think the 80s is. That's good. Who do you who do you think joined you in the NXS? Meet you tonight. All that matters is me. But I'm gonna say, oh, dude, Steven? is he? Uh... You have two two guesses. There's three people in this. Three of us. Yeah. All right, I'll throw Steven in there. Okay, and who else? You. Right. You got one right. It was my number seven. Okay. It was Steve's number. Not at all. He did not have it on his list. Ralph had it as number 11. Oh. Uh, understand seven out of, you know, yeah. the 122 best song, 112, whatever it was. Yeah. Best songs of the 80s is pretty good. It, and we love us some in excess. One of my favorite bands of the 80s, mm-hmm. quite frankly. I love two of the bands that we have left. So there we go. <laughs> I am the only one who knows the numbers. Yep. I see into the future. I can tell the three. I had to compile all this stuff so I know. <laughs> uh, but Jake is not in a position to look at my list or can tell. So it's everything is a shock to him. That's right. So let's move to number three. This is from the year 1980. Oh. This is a Jake podcast. Mm-hmm. Episode 44, the episode directly before this one. Three people had this next song on their list. And let's take... Uh, listen. I don't think I picked any from 1980. That's because you're crazy. <laughs> so yeah. that means I get to do number two and number one. Thank God. Randy Rhodes. I knew you were going to do this. And Ozzy Osbourne. And uh, by the way, if you want a good audiobook to read, <laughs> there's a book called I'm Ozzy Osbourne. And it's written by Ozzy Osbourne in first person. And the person who reads it sounds like Ozzy Osbourne. That's why you're me that. Yeah. So it, it's like you're listening to the whole book as if you're talking to Ozzy. It's, it's crazy. It's Well, speaking of Ozzy, let's just hear from Ozzy for a second. Randy was a, a great guitar player and co-wrote Crazy Train with me. I mean, I think about him a lot still. I often think what he would, where he would be in the, in the picture if he was still around. He was just a great guy. And Ozzy lost Randy Rhodes, of course, when Randy was buzzing his tour bus and clipped his tour bus. It wasn't him. It was the bus driver, who was also a pilot, who clipped the bus. And Randy actually hated flying, so it was really bizarre that he was even up there. Mm -hmm. And he clipped it, hit the top of the tour bus, knocked the tour bus over, and landed in somebody's house. And they got killed. One of these crazy things. That said, no more Robbie Downer stuff. (laughs) Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne is probably one of the best songs, I think, of the 80s for me from the metal side. Unlimited gerbils is mentally none is one of my favorite (laughs) lyrics. And I never knew what the dude said at the last second of it. whatever and the sound at the end of the studio is the engineer saying an egg through an oscillator why ozzy had asked him what he had for breakfast that morning and he goes an egg and they threw it through an oscillator and it just it's crazy good i love the panning in the beginning of the song it's amazing and the pick scraping into the iconic lick really totally that's a riff that everyone everybody knows right the solo is one of my favorite solos of all time by anybody randy was 
one of the best guitar players. True, true. You know, he's one of those other people who you can mention, not quite at Eddie Van Halen's level, but right below that. Yeah. Who really made an impression. You know, Steve Ray Vaughan, Randy Rhodes. When they put this album together, they were supposed to be a band called Blizzard of Oz. And then it became Ozzy Osbourne's project. Mm-hmm. And it's through There's... Jet Records and as Sharon's father ran uh, Jet Records. And there you go. So that just became the album name. But it was all about Ozzy in all fairness. Obviously, you know? yeah. And but I mean, this, he's on the album cover. Yeah, it's, this is one of the only Ozzy Osbourne albums you'll find that he actually gives credit to the people who played it besides him. Hmm. And that changed later on when he's just like paying people to play on his album. Right. It's his name. This was my real introduction to metal. And metal, that's what, metal, and that's metal. That's what so many friends tell me, especially my guitar playing friends. Yeah. And I get it. Randy Rhodes is like, you can listen to the dude. You, know, you got to pay yeah. attention to this guy. Anyway, let's listen to the number two song of 1980, which Jake somehow didn't even have on his list. I did. He was torn between that, that Hall and Hall and Oates. <laughs> Come uh, on. Makes sense to me. <laughs> Your kiss is on my list of Crazy Train. <laughs> All right. Let's listen to the number two song of 1980, Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne off the Blizzard of Oz album. Let's listen. <laughs> Mental wounds still healing. <laughs> Who wants to blame? I'm going after the rails on the crazy, crazy train. train. Yeah. I kind of miss uh, William Shatner's version. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he ever actually did that. Pat Boone covered it. <laughs> yeah, he had a metal album. I remember that. That was so ridiculous. Metal in quotes. Oh my goodness. Oh my. Have you ever seen the... Co- the Ozzy did a release. I don't know if I mentioned it in the thing. But Ozzy did a release of the video, like, recently, like, in, oh, after 2006 or something like that. Whatever the, the anniversary is, the 25th anniversary, I think they did a uh, an actual video for Crazy Train, because they didn't have the video back then. Oh, yeah, when he had, like, his uh, puffed up hair with Aquanet and his bangs, right? It's like... well, yeah, that was the <clears throat> one when they did for a Tribute, but they came out with another video. Oh, I guess I haven't seen yeah, that. Yeah, it's an it's animated video. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I haven't An seen this at all. An animated video uh, of Crazy Train. So it's really kind of, oh. it's kind of cool. So right. you, you check that one out. I will. And that's actually off the Blizzard of Oz version. It's not off of the tribute version, which is where he does some things differently. Didn't they uh, re-record a lot of those albums with different players to not have to pay those guys? Didn't that's Sharon's idea? Is that when that came out? Like they did a, a no, video no, for it was it was with Randy and then okay. everybody. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right, so we had three people pick Ozzy Osbourne, Crazy Train. Any thoughts on the three? Yeah, I'm gonna say you. Right, clearly, it's my number three song. I'm gonna say Alan. This is number five song. And Jeff. Number eight song. You nailed Boom. it. You win. <laughs> Ding, You're a winner. Just like the last people who won the running game. <laughs> the running game. <laughs> you know. Uh, good 80s. Killian, I kill you last. <laughs> I'm coming to kill you, Killian. It's the worst Arnold. <laughs> I shouldn't have taken a drink at the same time. <laughs> oh my 
gosh, we're almost done. We're down to number two coming up here. Number two, this is off of the 1982 podcast with Alan Campbell okay. as the host. Two people had this in their top two wow. songs coming up. So we're getting to the top here. I'm, uh, I'm kind of disappointed in this list because it's so different than mine. <laughs> I know. <laughs> quite frankly, it's quite different from mine too. So anyway, let's uh, listen to the number two overall. And it's somebody's number one, so we'll hear from them first. This is Jason Weck, and my favorite song of the 1980s is Rosanna. Rosanna by Toto. Won a Grammy for Record of the Year, nominated for Song of the Year. I want to talk about the drummer, Jeff Porcaro. Amazing drummer. One of the best drummers of his day. He developed a shuffle for this song that is that borrows from three separate grooves from three separate drummers. John Bonham of Led Zeppelin, the song Fool in the Rain. Bernard Purdy, Purdy Shuffle, and he was with Steely Dan. The third rhythm is the Bo Diddley Beat. This is probably one of the most recognizable drum tracks in all of rock, and Porcaro is one of the most accomplished drummers of his day. The lead vocal is shared by guitarist Steve Lukather and Bobby Kimball. The song features a genuine five-piece horn section. Horn arrangements add a lot to the song, especially at the end. There are really nice, intricate harmony vocals in the pre-choruses. The bridge is amazing, multiple keyboard solos, very nice, a masterful guitar solo. And at the end of B3 and the horns come in again and it just, it makes the ending of the song completely. This is a well-crafted, well-performed, well-recorded and produced song that fires on all cylinders. Some of the best guitar solos ever recorded, in my opinion, by Steve Lukather who has called the song the ultimate Toto track. And I just want to end with a shout-out to the late Jeff Porcaro, one of the premier drummers of his day, one of my favorite drummers as a bass player. Sure. Played on my number one and my number two songs. Jeff, you were the best. No, absolutely. Well, this song got its name from Rosanna Arquette. So I understand. Yeah, yeah. who was dating uh, the keyword player, uh, Steve Porcaro at the time. A lot of people thought it was dating Bobby Kimball because he was singing about Rosanna, of right. course. Great tune. Fantastic. So let's listen to Alan's number one song, Rosanna by Toto off of Toto 4. Let's listen. Now she's gone and I really good song man oh i was teasing jake and jake's like i can't believe this song made it i'm like it's better than kiss on my list brother (laughs) wow it it goes to show i think the whole 80s like what you you view it as like i think of hollow notes first before i think of toto but it's yeah. just all different. Uh, I mean, Jason's Jason's a keyboard player, and right? uh, and who else had it on this list? Now this is not a hard one. Alan. Yeah. Yeah. Alan, it's number two on this list. Okay. So we had a number one and a number two, it, and that, yeah. that kind of wow. owned this one. That's why I get I it. But so it's, yeah, that's pretty high in the list to uh, for this to be there. The best eighty song ever, you know. And uh, so I, don't know. I, I demand a recount. Yeah, and it, it's. <laughs> It's if you look at my list, it has the number NR, which means not ranked. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, it's the same for you on this one. 
Yeah, it, uh, I was surprised. Of all Toto songs, this uh, is the one. I, I I agree about the whole shuffle of the drums in there. Is like as a drummer, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. where that what that means and what how significant. But and I think Toto is significant from the fact that they played on so many other really yeah. great albums. The, yeah, of that album, I like Africa better than mm-hmm. Rosanna. Mm-hmm. But that's just my personal Same, opinion. I do too. So, but Rosanna is the better musical song. It's kind of Steely Dan type of thing. That's the other thing I was going to say of like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I digress. I digress. I digress. Jake is wearing a purple dress, just like (laughs) purple passion. Some, some, I guess that's the name of some sort of a brony. Isn't that correct? (laughs) My little pony. Purple passion. I don't know. Uh, Who knows? Whatever the purple one is, if you know what the purple one is, please email me so I can mock you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're a female, and then that's perfectly fine. And, that's I, I, and that's, not, that's not really sexist. Well, it is sexist, and I apologize. I am, I am standing here humbly in the new, in the new world, and I must be quiet. <laughs> All right, now. Dun 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 Because three people had this song as their number one song. This is Jeff Stewart. This is my number one song. This is Steven. And my favorite song from the 1980s is Back in Black by ACDC. Not many songs are recognizable by just the count in. Chord doesn't have to hit. It's just like counted. And obviously the chords and the licks. Good point. Brian Johnson just had a vocal attack like Bon Scott, but kind of even fuller than Bon ever was. Bon had a little bit higher rasp. Mm -hmm. Brian just really did it. The solo is amazing in this song. I love the second solo after Brian Johnson sings. Out of sight. It's just, ah, yeah. Sign me up. Quick little moments just make that solo. And this is like five months after Bon Scott died that they came out with this album. And this song is a tribute to Bon Scott, as the album is. Some of the lyrics behind it, forget the hurries because I'll never die, implying that he'll live on through his music. To bring in some guy who was, he was working as a windshield fitter after he was <laughs> with this band called Gordy for a while. Their best album ever after a major singer died. You know, this is so impactful. I mean, Kurt oh, yeah. Cobain on his 14th birthday was given a guitar and the first song he learned how to play was Back in Black. Just if you think about the impact it had on music, not even through them, Mm -hmm. through this song, but just that song had on other people. To come back after, like you said, the tragedy of this singer, like the sound of, of your band, and then to do almost better than you did before. Yeah. It's a lottery there. So let's listen to Back in Black, ACDC, my number one. Wait, hold on a minute. I'm rethinking this. Maybe I should put kisses on my list by Hall Notes is number one. I knew it. Oh, no, no, no. We're kidding. All right. Let's go to Back in Black by ACDC. Uh, got excited. <laughs>
I'm sorry. It's hard for me to stop listening to that one. I agree. It's one of those tunes. It just starts and you're rocking out. It's a, a rifle position here. Yeah. Well. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best song ever. You should audition for ACDC. Then. No, I wish. Uh, I, I wish I could sing, number one. I wish I could do impressions, number two. And those two I can't do, but I still try. And trying is half the battle. Despite. <laughs> it's, in fact, in fact, I think in the new economy, I will be allowed to be the lead singer of ACDC, regardless of talent, because it's the results that are, are supposed to be equal, not, not the talent. New economy. It's not by talent, it's by result. We must have all results equal. All right. So, wow. Jake, can you think of the two people who don't have it on their list? Don't? Don't. There's only two. You mean they didn't even have it on their list at all? Not at all. Yeah, me? <laughs> no! Say it's not so. Jake, Jake, say it's not so. It's just one of those so things Jake. of like, like, I get it. And I think what we had talked about too, how I approached the 80s was just kind of what we think of. Um, I just thought it was like, electronic a lot of like that the not the new wave just was a lot of what i just en envisioned what that was and the song as good as it is didn't really fit into that box but so that's why i can't dispute it but at the same time i just don't feel like it's a number one so i'm gonna say but me growing up in the 80s you know yeah. as metal like was introduced to me in the 80s mm -hmm. metal all of that was a big part of my growing up and learning guitar and starting to play that right which would make sense space. the crazy trains and all that yeah, stuff and, yeah, all that. But, mm. and but that's it wasn't just the you know talking heads which didn't make this list at all which i was surprised surprised and long. as i said i have i have three songs i got three of this my 13 mm -hmm. on this list and you had two of the 13 mm. you were the worst overall oh, so, wow. you know. <laughs> I was the second worst overall. <laughs> so what are we saying? That all the other co-hosters are messed yeah, up. Yeah, we That's need some new co-hosts. <laughs> Send your submissions. Oh, P.O. Box 54321. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. I, hmm. who had oh, so I'm guessing who... Who picked it or who didn't pick? Two people well, didn't? Well, well, let's, well, let's talk about... what well, we talked about uh, you didn't pick it and yeah. one other person didn't pick it. So you were the only person, you were two people out of the seven. I'm going to say Jason. It. Jason did not pick it. Those yeah. The two, yeah. Maybe. Is it because we're closer in age than uh, everyone else? Okay. It's because you have a feminine sort of or, uh, approach to music. Yeah. Because <laughs> I want some ballads. I like the ballads. Some cowbell. Okay. So I had, a, it was my number one. It was Steve's number I was, one. Wow. And it was Jeff's number one. Hmm. It was Ralph's number six. Well, I and it was right. Alan's number six. I guess, yeah, you can't dispute it. This yeah, was so true. much higher than everything else. True. This helps to at least know who we can't be friends with anymore. <laughs> or who I'll start a band with. There you go. <laughs> but, okay, okay, I'm curious if we want to do this. I want to hear your, what was your top 12 then out of all this? Uh, well, let's, let's just. Can let's we just, do this at some point? Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do that in a couple okay. minutes. Let me just, uh, for now, let's just remind everybody what our. What we'll the, go through this. What, yeah. the, what the official Dirty Dozen. 12 which, plus 1 is the Song of Note. Which I the Song of Note is Owner of a Lonely Heart by Yes. Uh, number 12 is Fire Woman by The Cult. Number 11 is Mean Street by Van Halen. Number 10 is Beat It by Michael Jackson. 
I'm Macaulay Culkin. (laughs) 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 Number nine is Tom Sawyer by Rush. Uh, Number eight, Where the Streets Have No Name by U2. Number seven, Rock You Like a Hurricane, Scorpions. Number six, Red Barchetta by Rush. Number five, Pour Some Sugar on Me by Def Leppard. Number four, Neat You Tonight by NXS. Number three, Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne. Number two, Rosanna by Toto, which is one you let keyboard players play. Uh, Number one, Back in Black by ACDC. So what's yours? All right. My number one was Back in Black. My number two was Photograph by Def Leppard. good. My number three was Crazy Train. My number four was Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. And my number five was Walk This Way by Run DMC. Just because I thought it was so huge that year. Uh, My number six is Tracy Chapman, Fast Car. My number seven was Need You Tonight by NXS. My number eight was Take Me Home Tonight by Eddie Money. My number nine was Girl Like You by The Smithereens. Good. My number 10 was The End of the World As You Know It by R.E.M. Yeah. My number 11 was Addicted to Love by Robert Palmer. Okay. And my number 12 was You Give Love a Bad Name by Bon Jovi. And I had a really hard time with my number 12 and 13, Red Barchetta. There was a couple other ones that were just on the outside. That's funny because You Give Love a Bad Name was my 13. Okay. That yeah. just got edged out too. So what was your 12? Yeah, I would totally buy your CD over the other one. So my number one is Need You Tonight by NXS. Number two is Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. I thought that's like an obvious. That's a great song. And it's, yeah. right, it's right behind your head. I just thought for sure. Yeah. It's on my wall. Yeah. Right. I thought for sure that people would have picked that one. I thought absolutely for sure. And number three is Firewoman by the Colts. Okay. I also had everybody. Oh, no. You didn't have one. Sorry. Everyone's Rule of the World by Tears for Fears. Okay. I, I'm surprised no Tears for Fears was on this at all. Tears for Fears was on people's list, but it just did not make okay. this one. I had Love Song by The Cure is my number five. It's a good 80s I thought song. The Cure is very 80s, but... It is, but, but they also have three or four songs too. Yeah, and so true. you start true. With that. That's yeah. true. If we didn't all agree on the same song, and, and it's same not thing with Tears for Fears, they mm. had a couple too. Okay, uh, number six, Rebel Yell by Billy Idol. That that was very close, actually. Okay, Billy Idol was number seventeen. Okay, overall, right? That's right. Yeah, seventeen. Though the ones who just missed the list were Jump, Photograph, You Give Love a Bad mm. Name. Rebel Yell, Welcome to the Jungle, Love Song, mm. Don't Stop Believing, Sledgehammer, and Purple Rain. Okay. Those are the ones that were just outside of the uh, list. So, yeah, so that's my number six. My number seven, I'm also surprised, is Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. I thought that's, that's, that's good, like... That's um, a great song. Yeah, like, if you think of 80s, it's just in there. Also, Hungry Like the Wolf, Duran Duran, I thought would be... That one actually almost made my 12. Yeah. When I used to dance, I used to do this. And my wife used to hate it. And she loves the red, the red. People could see so, that right but now. Yeah, yeah you, you would love it. You'd be so blown away. You'd be like, Rob, were you a fly girl on... Living color? <laughs> in living color? You must have been. Nobody can dance that good. <laughs> and that's what you're seeing here. It's just, it's magical. A you're missing girl. the magic. <laughs> a fly guy, actually. Um, the one and only. I was, you know, I was the only fly guy. Uh, <laughs> Okay, yeah. Me and Paul That's number. That was my number eight, right? <laughs> I mean, like the wolf. Okay, Addicted to Love was my number nine, Robert Palmer. Good call. Uh, that again, was on my list. when we're talking about videos, like 80s videos, that yeah. was a big one. It's the End of the World as We Know It by R.E.M. was, that was my on my 10. list, too. Okay, good. Hot for Teacher, number 11, Van Halen. Number 12 was Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil, which I thought was probably uh, barely going to be voted, but might 
kind of sneak in there because it's just what you know it sounds no, so it's, it's, it's a good song but, yeah but yeah i had girl like you like we both love smith smithereens but it didn't really get up in there but yeah wow i'm shocked it's an interesting list and that said it's it's good i i love the list i love what people came up with yeah and uh it's interesting to go and take a look at is there anybody's list you'd like to see <laughs> maybe publish them uh, I think and then I, we can berate them. I, I, I think maybe we should. Uh, anybody you want to see first? Let's look at Steve's. Steve? Yeah. Right. Steve's number one was Back in Black by ACDC. Mm. His number two was Beat It by Michael Jackson and Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> <laughs> number three was Pour Some Sugar on Me by Def Leppard. Number four was Where the Streets Have No Name by U2. Number five was You Give Love a Bad Name by Bon Jovi. Mm. Number six was Just Like Heaven by The Cure, the multiple issue of the problem. Number seven was Jump by Van Halen. Number eight was Owner of a Lonely Heart by Yes. Good pick. Number nine, which is the other one I probably would have chose for Tears for Fears, by the way. Sowing the Seeds of Love by Tears for Fears. Yeah, I almost did. New Sensation by NXS. Mm -mm. Jack and Diane by John Mellencamp, which is a great one. And Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. Okay, got it. Yeah, I really like that pick. Yeah. I would buy that 80s CD. Okay. Let's, since we're doing this, let's give everybody the, the, the shot. Let's try, uh, let's try Jeff. Let's see what Jeff has. Jeff has number one was Back in Black. Number two is, I, I actually like this pick quite a bit, and I didn't make my list, but I love the song, and I always did. What? But it's like a guilty pleasure that I can't say that I love the song. <laughs> Still the Night by White Snake. Oh, was yeah. Two. Really? That was high up there. Number three was Owner of a Lonely Heart by Yes. Good. Number four was Jump by Van Halen. Number five was Where the Streets Have No Name by U2. Number six, Rock You Like a Hurricane, Scorpions. Number seven, Red Barchetta, Rush. Number eight, Crazy Train, Ozzy. Nine, Beat It, Michael Jackson. Ten, Welcome to the Jungle, Guns N' Roses. Eleven, Def Leppard, Photograph. And number 12, Bon Jovi, you give love a bad name, which I matched with you. So good job, Jeff, mm-hmm. on that one. All right, let's go to Jason. Number one, Rosanna by Toto. <laughs> Number two, Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Number three, Rocky Like a Hurricane, Scorpions. Number four, Purple Rain by Prince. Number five, Tom Sawyer. Number six, this was a surprise. Shot in the Dark by Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Number seven, Jukebox Hero by Foreigner. Number eight, King of Pain by The Police. That was one of my picks. Yep. Number nine, Pour Some Sugar on Me by Def Leppard. It's one of my picks. <laughs> Pride in the Name of Love by U2. Yeah. This is number 10. Legs by ZZ Top, number 11. And Free Fallen by Tom Petty is number hmm. 12 by Jason. We did Steve already. Let's do Alan. Yeah, there was no Tom Petty in. in yeah, this. it's it's hard. As I said, when you only have twelve, yeah. it's not a lot. But Alan, Red Barchetta number one, Rosanna number two, Summer of '69 Brian Adams, by Brian good. Adams and Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> he has all these uh, credits I never knew about. <laughs> <He> never knew. <laughs> Fortress Around Your Heart by Sting number four, number five, Crazy Train. Number six, Back in Black. Number seven, Separate Ways by Journey. Mm, I love that song. Number eight, Firewoman. Mm. Number nine, Pour Some Sugar on Me. 
Number 10, Pride in the Name of Love by U2. Number 11 is Mean Street uh, by Van Halen. And number 12, Talking Heads, Burning Down the House. Mm. And let's take a look at Ralph. This is the interesting one. <laughs> number one was Mean Street by Van Halen. Number two was Desire by U2. Huh. Number three was Damage Incorporated by Metallica. And I was surprised there was no Metallica in all seriousness. Yeah, I mean, again, it's, it just doesn't feel like 80s to me, but yeah. it's a hell of a song. Number four was Tom Sawyer by Rush. Number five was Ace of Spades by Motorhead. Mm-hmm. Number six was Back in Black. Number seven was Burning Down the House by the Talking Heads. Number eight was Rubble Yell by Billy Idol. Number nine was Love Song by The Cure. Number 10, Head Like a Hole by Nine Inch Nails. Wow, that got in the list, huh? Number 11, Need You Tonight by NXS. Number 12, Purple Rain. So it really wasn't a crazy one for Ralph. Good job, Ralph. And that's it. And then we're done. It's all of us. Wow. So, so we've, what a ride, we, huh? we've stripped us all naked and, and so seen what you like. All let, our guilty pleasures. Just yeah, let me know uh, which ones you like. And uh, we'll post, I, I think we'll post like every, let's just do like two a week and we'll have like a battle royale and we'll pick like which list is better. And I know I'm going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> Even though my list is the best. Not I, the I best. like your list. Uh, my list. Yeah, my list is awesome. Your kiss is on my list. <laughs> that was not on my list. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Let me tell you that right now. I don't care who you are. All right. So thank you guys for a wonderful season. So blessed to have the community be out there and uh, so responsive and letting us know where we need to be and what we're doing and seeing how you're sharing the podcast to other people and you're catching up on things you missed. Thanks. I truly yeah. appreciate it. Let us know what you want to hear, what you want to see, what you want to do. We're going to try a new format next season for a couple episodes at least. We're going to have three. We're going to have two for a lot of them. But we're going to have three people for some. We're going to do the Foo Fighters and the Doors, I think, are our first two. And then we'll go from there. But we have a lot coming down the pipe. It'll be next year. Obviously, there's a lot going on in this world. Uh, My daughter had a COVID test today. It's just weird. You never know what's going to come up. But uh, we're looking to start in 2021, uh, probably, my guess is March 1st, but we may be earlier and maybe slightly later, but really around that time with the new stuff. We're going to be recording in the meantime, just so we have a couple of backed up. So we hit you every two weeks uh, as best we can through the year. Let us know. And we're going to try and do some other stuff for fun on a monthly basis and uh, We may re-release the Christmas episode or maybe change it up a little bit or do some kind of fun thing. Uh, So have a wonderful holidays, people. Thank you for a wonderful season. Uh, Thank you for being a part of the community. Let us know what you think. Which one of us is your list? Is it Ralph? Is it it Jake? Is it me? Is it Jason, Steve, whoever? Jeff and Alan? Or is it just the amalgamation of all of us? Into the official Dirty Dozen list, yeah. So uh, thanks so much. God bless. And I will see you next season.